Thank you for joining us on History FM Radio on LiveParanormal.com and History.fm. From paranormal to the unexplained history, it all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in live interactive chat 24-7 with our radio show hosts and other like-minded people on www.liveparanormal.com, the only interactive social chat room supported by full interactive media. Stop by now and join in on the fun. Dana Workman from Haunted Highway on Sci-Fi, and you're listening to The Ghost Host, Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. Boom. This is Bill Murphy of Sci-Fi Channel's Fact or Fake Paranormal Files, and you're listening to The Ghost Host, Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. Hey everybody, this is Rex Williams, the medic from Destination Truth, and you're listening to the ghost host, Sophia, on LiveParanormal.com. This is True TV's haunting evidence investigator, Patrick Burns. And Ghost Huntress author, Marley Gibson. And you're you're listening listening to Ghost Ghost Host, Sophia Temporelli. And Michael Perry. And we're here... Hello, we're here at the Ghost Host with Sophia Temporelli and Weekly Paranormal.com. Weekly, weekly at LiveParanormal.com. <laughs> this is Stefan Brigatti from Pacific Coast Paranormal, and you're listening to the Ghost Host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com. She rocks. This is Christopher Sanders with My Ghost Story on Biography. You are listening to The Ghost Host with Sophia Tipparelli on LiveParanormal.com. Hi, this is Professor Lloyd Auerbach, parapsychologist, and you're listening to The Ghost Host with Sophia Tipparelli on LiveParanormal.com. This is author Alexandra Holzer, and you're listening to Ghost Host Sophia Temporelli. Hi, this is Jeff Belanger, host of 30 Odd Minutes, founder of GhostVillage.com, and author of lots of your favorite paranormal books, and you're listening to the Ghost Host Sophia on LiveParanormal.com. Boo! This is Nick Groff, executive producer of Ghost Adventures, the original documentary in Ghost Adventures, season 1 through 10, and executive producer of Ghost Stalkers, author of Chasing Spirits, the building of the Ghost Adventures crew, and founder of NickGroffTours.com. You are listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com. Tune in. Hey, this is Zach Bagans from Ghost Adventures, and you are listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporilli, on LiveParanormal.com. This is April, the psychic housewife in New Jersey, featured on the travel channels, The Holes of Files. I just wanted to wish my very dear friend, Sophia Temporelli, a very happy 11-year anniversary right here on Live Paranormal. Congratulations, Sophia. I love you and I'm so proud of you.
and ghosthunting.com as well. I can call into the show three seven six. That's three oh two. Rob Sirk, the site found writing this. Thank you guys through the years for patching us through a live event. All of your today we welcome back psychic intuitive here writer everyone dot com forward slash podcast five that's key dot com forward slash the rodman thirty five twitter at the one haunting at the at one haunting Facebook. Upcoming, we have Travel Channel, Discovery Plus's Mexican Hell House, Doc Doc host, Jim Cindy Kaza, Rob Sirik, the site, at The graph books by some of your favorite characters. Oh, it says bad connection, my voice going in and out. Let me try something here. Well, let me just bring the host on. Yeah, I got a note from our engineer over there that uh, my voice is going in and out. So, Sophia, Sophia, can you hear me okay? Is she's going okay? No. I even texted you that. Oh, you did? Well, I can't read a text while doing all your intro stuff. Multitasking. Is it? It's a great skill. It's horrible. I mean, I wish you sounded like this in real life. (laughs) You're quiet. You You sometimes can't hear you. Okay, so you got uh, the, you know, Twitters, all these things, working people. I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Twitter, add Sophia Chamberlain with one L, and Instagram, just add Sophia Chamberlain. Okay, tell us about your guest. Today we welcome back psychic, intuitive, paranormal investigator, writer, lecturer, and haunting broadcast host, Radio Rod Shelton. Everyone visit keen.com slash therodman35, Twitter at the haunt at the one hauntings at one hauntings radio and facebook hauntings broadcast let's welcome rod back into the show yeah, let's bring rod in because if i was choppy at least you got his plugs in rod hey thanks for coming on yeah. well thank you very much for that i can hear uh sophia crystal clear but you are a million miles away and kind of uh, cutting in and out. So so odd. And I thought I was going to die laughing when she said, I wish you sounded like this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope I don't disconnect. Well, I'm going to try flipping my little uh, import here thing. I'll flip it over and see if that works. You guys have okay. fun for a minute here, and I'm going to try doing that. <laughs> without losing okay, thank show. you so much for coming back on today, Rod. Oh, listen, you know what, it, it it really is my honor, and thank you so much for having me back on. I love this show. I just love this show, I'm telling you. Well, thank <laughs> oh, you. Good. You I'm know so this show loves well, you, and our family loves you. I, I, yeah, yeah. I know, and I miss you guys. I really do. Oh, John, I can hear you. Wait, say something else. Let's, <laughs> yeah, let's I flipped the little connector upside down. Does that work better? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, let me. I'm going to put a little marker on this so I know to have it up this side with, with the connector and stuff. So you you broke it. Now you have to use it broken. Shame. Shame. 
Well, well, I think he fixed it. He fixed it because yeah, I, I can so. hear him. Can you hear him? I can hear him now. I feel like I a Verizon commercial. <laughs> yeah, in our deluxe I, yeah, studio I, here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but thank you again so much for coming on today, Rod. I mean, um, our family has known you for so long. I mean, you even helped mm-hmm. us with our haunted house. So it's been such a great friendship throughout the years, and it's always great getting to talk to you and hear your stories. Yeah, and, and you know, when I, it's the uh, the home where you had the activity, and I. I'm absolutely convinced that home is not just active. Uh, I, I know you're not living there now, but I, I would yeah. almost lay money that that place is still very haunted. Wow. Yeah, and that's why I'm happy I'm not living there now. Even though I'm a ghost hunter, I have trauma. <laughs> and that will well, yeah. lifelong. You know, there was one room in particular that I remember um, your your dad, John, was kind of, uh, you know, showing me around the house. And in that room, I got this vision, and it was just so overwhelming, where the window was broken. I could see wind coming in, and there was a body laying on the ground. Do you remember that, John? Wow. Yeah. That was my bedroom. I, I, I actually – I fixed that actual panel of the window and everything when we first moved in. And yeah, that was where my father was on the floor there when, when he was discovered. And it, and that was Sophia's old room that we made into, you know, actually Sophia's room. That was so very strong, which is why I would tell you that that home is still haunted today. Now I wouldn't be so confident to say that it is your uh, father's actual spirit, but I would tell you there is a, a certainly a residue of uh, some of his energy that it, I, I would bet is still lingering in that home. And also, I think he was tormented by spirits and that they are still the most prominent. And, and I really think that they were beginning to target Sophia during that portion of her life. Right. Yeah, they definitely were. Right. Yeah, I, I remember that you were in a uh, a bunk, but, you know, at first they wouldn't communicate. I went back. You know, it's so odd. We lost the, the entire first portion of that investigation. I have oh, no really? idea where it went. Yeah, it, it's, I just can't find it anywhere. It's so strange. But there are uh, two increments and I went back, do you know everything that we had asked the uh, the spirits to do in that home? It didn't happen in the moment that we had asked, but everything that we mm-hmm. had asked, it did. It occurred. Right. Something moved. Somebody was grabbed. Energy was um, – I remember in, in the middle of the bed in the in your um, – in your bedroom, John, in the middle of that bed, we'd get an EMF that would just go off the chart and then die down to nothing. And I even tried holding that thing up to the light in the ceiling, and it, it didn't move it. It was just yeah. this intermittent uh, energy that would – and then um, you had something hanging. I forget what they would – it might be like chimes or something, but 
They yeah, surely Yeah. And, you know, the the force behind it, it was this momentum. If something is swinging, and we all know there was no wind, nothing in there mm-hmm. to move that. But it, yeah. it really was impressive because the momentum began to swing not just one strand, but it, it began to swing every strand that was hanging down from these things mm-hmm. prominently. And we had asked before that time, if you're here, move something. You know, 10 minutes before that, we were asking to move something. And I think that happens a lot on an investigation when you're asking for something, but you don't notice it just because it didn't happen in that particular time doesn't mean it didn't manifest. Yeah. And that's where he liked to hang out, too, is in the closet of the vanity. Um, my mom yeah. wants you to know that specific chime thing you're talking about hangs in our kitchen now. Yeah. Wow. So do, do you have any kind of activity in, in your home now? Because, I, I mean, you do have a high energy level, and you can get what I call visitation, uh, where it's not a haunt, but it can be active and then, you know, stop as soon as it, it, it started. Um, I don't think so. I mean, our kitchen TV has turned itself on and off a couple times, which, I mean, Mm -hmm. I have trauma, so it freaks me out. Um, But, yeah, I think think we're okay here, luckily, because I, yeah, as much as I love the paranormal, I do not want to go through that again. (laughs) You know, well, the reason I ask is, um, you know, I've I've been right, they started calling me a psychic when I was a a child. And, Mm -hmm. And actually, the first term that was ever used to describe me because, you know, everybody thought I was kind of weird, but they liked the fact that that without knowing I was making a prediction, you know, at eight years old, I was making a prediction. And they used the term back then, they said, he shines. And it simply meant that Ooh. this person had a uh, a, a difference about them and the way that they could see and communicate. And then Stephen King's, you know, his brilliance came up with the shining and it just kind of yeah. changed the whole It's actually an old country term that simply means uh, sighted or possesses a, a, a sight or psychic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's fascinating that, you know, your ability started for you so young. What kind of initially, I know you said that people would, notice when you would make, you know, premonitions before that, but did it start at age eight or did it start earlier? How did you start to notice that you had these abilities? Uh, You know, I I really, I didn't notice other people began to notice. And when I grew up, you know, it was a completely different world. I lived way, way, way out in the country. And, um, you know, there was no water out there, the, the water company didn't run pipes. It was just infeasible at that point and at that time. And, of course, mm-hmm. uh, water was a means of survival. You couldn't build a house. You could own all the land you wanted. But if you couldn't find water, it was virtually useless to you outside of maybe a, a plowing. And I get the, the it started out where I'd get up early in the morning, and the farmers would gather around the AM radio. 
and they'd listen to the weather because the weather was absolutely crucial to their livelihood, depending on what they could do that day, uh, you know, with the fields. And I mm-hmm. would listen, and, uh, you know, I'd be drinking my cup of coffee because back then, eight-year-olds, you know, nobody thought anything if you drank a cup of coffee. And I thought I was, a, you know, one of the big guys. So I'd get up at 5 in the morning with these <laughs> farmers and, and listen to the radio. And I, I would in, inadvertently say, well, no, that's not right. It's not going to rain oh. today. Or it's not going to mm-hmm. rain in that area. Or, oh, you could plow over it. And at first, you know, they're looking at me like, oh, okay, thank you, little eight-year-old kid, thank you. But over a short period of time, they began to notice a pattern. And the pattern was that I was um, more, I was correct more often than the AM radio. And so, you know, it began began with the farmer going, you know, I'm going to listen to this kid today. And when he did, and he had a success over what I was predicting, again, I had no idea what I was predicting anything. I was just, you know, spurting out, uh, oh, it's not mm-hmm. going to rain today, you know, because I felt like it wasn't going to rain today. I had no idea that I was making a prediction. Later, as I grew, I remember the the first time I heard the term shine and it was just you know us kids out the yard I was maybe 10 years old at the time at this point we're playing tag or hide and stuff. I forget what it was but we're out there mm-hmm. running around and there was this old man who was sitting now he was a whittling and if you don't know what that means it means you take a pocket night out out you take a piece of wood or a stick or something and you carve on it, and sometimes you make things like toys, you know, for the kids, or sometimes you just whittle and have a bunch of sawdust around you. But he was mm-hmm. revered, and I knew everyone respected him. Well, he's sitting there whittling on this uh, willow branch, and he had whittled it into a fork, you know, where it was it would look like a Y, a long uh, branch and then two small branches coming out of the end. And he stands up and he points at me and everybody stops. The kids stop playing, the adults stop talking and he goes, that one shines. And he called me over. Now back then when your elders called you over, you didn't ask any questions. You know, <laughs> cause I was kind of scared <laughs> at the time. But he calls me over yeah. and he puts this, um, this willow branch in my hands, and he, he adjusts my hands, and he tells me how to use it, which basically how to hold it on the two fork ends. And he said, walk out there about five or ten yards. And so I walked in that direction, not knowing why, but again, listening to my elder. And that willow branch literally bent in the shape of a U. It was this incredible energy that the the front portion of this just bent. And that's when he said, that's the one. And from oh, that wow. point on, because, well, he had died shortly after that. And from mm-hmm. that point on, I would find water. 
for people who were, you know, looking to build, start a family, build a house, you'd have to have a well. Without a well, you, you couldn't exist. You couldn't live. And so it became a vital part. And nobody thought it was, you know, um, spooky or scary. It was normal. It was survival. It was no different than watching the birds every season begin to follow one bird because they knew which way to go Mm -hmm. and and seeing that process. And that's really what was occurring. So nobody looked at it as, uh, you know, I've never even heard the word paranormal at that point. I had no idea what it meant. And uh, I, I guess the most significant part of what had transferred is I was out one day, and I guess at this point I was in my early teens. I'm looking for water with the willow branch. And mm-hmm. it bent in the U, and I said, here, dig here. And they dug, and they found a body. And oh, wow. that changed. Yeah, that changed a lot of people's perception. Uh, and I did find out that and they called it witching. And, again, it's not an mm-hmm. evil or bad term. It doesn't apply to anything, you know. It's just a term. It's called water witching. And um, at that point, though, people kind of said, well, there's something here. But I found out that um, I could locate bodies or pieces of bodies because I was actually commissioned to help move a cemetery. And their equipment, they would use this equipment, this machine they would run over to find the bodies. But what happens, because many of these bodies were from the early 1800s, they would Mm -hmm. wash away over time. And the um, caskets, well, they were wooden, so they just kind of rotted. And some of the pieces uh, of these remains, of the human remains, they'd be 20 yards away from the original grave. And the the um, machine they used couldn't find something that small, you know, a vertebrae or, or a, a small piece of a, <clears throat> I am so sorry, uh, of a bone. And so they, I, I said, well, I can find it. And I got paid. That was in Bismarck, Missouri, by the way, where I was uh, actually commissioned, paid to locate body parts. That's, I mean, that's definitely not a job you hear about every day, and it's amazing that no. you had these <laughs> abilities. And... Well, the city oh, really didn't I want never knew to that. know about it <laughs> No, I am so sorry. It, it's me. I've interrupted both of you. I, I am so sorry. Go ahead. Oh. No, I was just going to say it's amazing you developed your abilities so naturally. I mean, you know, go go ahead with what you're saying, but, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, I... We've had you on the show before, but I don't think we've ever heard these stories, and it's amazing just how naturally everything yeah. came to be for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of times, and you know when I've been on the uh, on your show before, I have a lot of fun. Like I said, I love you. I love your family. I love this show. I genuinely do, and I listen to it all the time, and I, I just like the uh, the fun you have. And I thought, well, you know, I'm uh, I'm getting on in years. And mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I'm going to do a serious show today with you. Not that, wow. that I won't make a joke or two. You know me. 
but I thought yeah. I'm going to open up and tell you some things about my life that really I haven't told anyone. Wow. I mean, it's fascinating. I mean, just, I mean, you're such a gifted individual just with your abilities. I mean, the things you picked up in our house were incredible. And I mean, the fact that this all just developed for you so, I mean, like effortlessly is really amazing. How did you go from all these experiences as a child to, you know, starting your own broadcast in the paranormal and eventually joining, you know, the paranormal field? Yeah, well, you, you know, I actually, I began to watch the, uh, because I was doing paranormal investigations long before I had ever heard the word paranormal. I had no inclination with it. There was nothing, and bear in mind, we had we didn't have the Internet. The phones were still on the walls, you know, back then. And yeah. you, couldn't open, you, you couldn't open the yellow pages and find paranormal anywhere. So what would happen is I would find these locations because as when I was very, very small, and like I said, there was a part of me that people used and they appreciated, but at night when I would lay in bed by myself, I would anger my parents with the screams that I would let out because I kept seeing these people mm-hmm. that, that would come. And I remember it shook my mother up the first time when I had told her there was this girl because they threatened me. You know, it's like we're gonna you're gonna get us thinking, you know, if you don't stop this. But yeah. she came in, her her head was just busted open, she was bleeding. Now I, I'm a kid, I'm scared. And before this had even before she even manifested, the room got really cold. Back then I, I kept a glass of water on my bedside. And I, the first thing I remember, I heard this cracking, like this crackling. And I looked over, and the glass was turning white, and I could see ice forming. Mm-hmm. And I, I was so scared. I can't begin to tell you that kind of fear. And then I look at the end of my bed, and there she is. She's her head is busted open, and she says she's pointing and she goes, "I'm in the car. I'm not dead. I'm in the car." And she kept saying, "I'm not dead." And I, and I got so scared. I didn't want to move because I had to run past her to get to my door, my bedroom door. Mm-hmm. But I did. I, you know, I ran. And I'm screaming and I'm crying. And, of course, my parents have had this happen before, and their their tolerance was not much. And I told my mother what she had said and what I saw. And, you know, she made me go back to the room. And all night, of course, I, I didn't sleep well. The next day, she did find out that a person, a girl that I had described, had died in a car wreck right up the road from our house in the direction that she pointed and I pointed for my mother. And that bothered her to the point to where she began to take me to church. And when Mm -hmm. I went to church back then, there were only two explanations. One, 
It's the devil or two, it's God. There's no nothing in between. There's no mm-hmm. human element in between that. It's one or the other. And guess which one the church said it was with me? It wasn't God. The devil. Yeah, so now I'm praying to God, mm-hmm. why? What have I done? I, I'm a child. I'm seven or eight years old, and I'm saying, what did I do? God, please forgive me. And I'm begging I'm begging God to make it stop, but it doesn't stop, and it keeps going. And then I'm thinking, you know, I'm I'm evil. I'm bad. <laughs> that was awful. That's why when I heard about what was going on with you and what goes on with uh, especially kids, it's a terrible thing that, one, they're going through it at all on any level. But it's even mm-hmm. worse if you blame if you say it's your fault that it's happening, it's your fault that you're disrupting your family, that now they have to hide you like some dirty little secret because you got the devil. And that's what it was. And it was awful. It was a terrible, terrible thing. And I kept praying to God and praying to God. And I, I, I very much believe in God. But you see, what I didn't know at that time is that he was preparing me. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, look, this is a good thing. <laughs> this is going to help you help other people. And that's how I began to – I went into the broadcast because I thought how else back then the internet was new. I was one of the first mm-hmm. broadcasts in the paranormal field there was. You know, I had over a million viewers at times. Especially, I still tease, oh, Dustin Perry, he blew my servers. <laughs> yes. I loved him. I loved him. He's busy all over the place now, you know, running all over the place. Good guy. And he doesn't age ever. Never ages. I just no. saw his picture the other day. <laughs> but, um, you know, I got into that, and then the psychic lines opened up. And I think the first one was called 1-800-PREDICT, and they paid 25 cents a minute, which to me was like, wow. And what happens is they, uh, they rate you, or the, the people that call rate you. And I got one of the highest ratings globally. On you know because and listen people are either really nice or really not <laughs> you know when they're rating you yeah yeah and for sure I had another company this is the Keen the one that your your dad the address gave out and um, at one point because after my heart attack I slowed down dramatically yeah. and mm-hmm. I. I at one point, I was the number one rated psychic around the globe, on that, and they have millions of psychics. So I was kind of proud of that, and at the same time, I told myself, "Well, you better be humble. <laughs> you know, you better be mm-hmm. humble." But I, I've, I've slowed down dramatically, and because I know now, because after mm-hmm. my last heart attack. My heart would stop intermittently for over 30 minutes. I heard them debating on whether to continue to try to revive me. And it's so odd. Mm -hmm. 
because I, I died when I was eight years old. And I remember I went someplace. And I'm not going to go into that because, one, it's very personal, and, two, you think I was crazy if I told you what I heard and saw. But I remember when they picked me up, and I mean physically picked me up and threw me back at a child. You would think a child who was separated from his parents would miss his parents, but in that place where I was at, I knew my parents were going to be there. I didn't miss them at all. I wanted to stay. I was angry. I was so angry, and I remember I believed that this was God. I was mad at him, and I wouldn't talk to him. Even when I came back, I wouldn't talk. I was mad. How dare you? How dare you show me that and then throw me back? I can tell you one thing. I saw colors that don't exist, and there's no way to to tell people what they are. There's no reference I have. It is impossible to explain what I saw. But I can tell you the the colors that we see, oh, my gosh, there's so many more. There are so many more we're completely oblivious to. So when that happened, but the second time – which was on the what this last December on the tenth. Mm-hmm. My heart had stopped for you know thirty minutes, and they restarted it. I heard them as they think I'm dead, and I I suppose I was. They're saying, "Well, should we revive him? He's not going to make it anyway." He's, if we did revive him, he's going to have brain damage. You know, all of these, they're discussing this. And the surgeon, who I really liked, got a good sense of humor. He, uh, yeah. he went ahead and performed the surgery, and they started my heart. And I think the first thing I said, they had something hovering over my head. And I said, can you move this thing? <laughs> he goes, he's alive. <laughs> And they, you know, start asking you questions and they, they, to test your cognitive, tell you to move your your fingers, your toes, whatever. Then they hooked me up to a machine, and they told me, they go, Mr. Shelton, you're probably not going to survive. We give you a 0% chance of survival. And they said, when we take you off this machine, we're going to give you three days where we expect you to die. And they called my family mm-hmm. in. And my family comes. They were gathered around when they're unhooking the machine. The entire time, I kept hearing this voice, and it says, you're not going to die. Not right now. You haven't got much longer, but I need you here. Because I'm supposed to say something or do something. I may never know what it is. I may never know who is supposed to hear this. But... Whatever it is, I hope whoever it is, it helps. It gives whatever it is they're supposed to have. You know, we do things in this life that we're completely unaware of that end up touching someone else. You know, it it reminds me of that old Christmas movie, A Wonderful Life. We don't Mm -hmm. know the impact that we make. Who knows, it might be this this radio show. It might be somebody out there right now who is supposed to hear this. I don't know. 
but I do know that's why I'm here. And that's why I said, okay, I'm going to do a serious show with you guys this time. And I guess I just did. (laughs) Yeah, you have. I mean, it's amazing. I definitely don't think you're going anywhere. You can't. You've got to come on the show a ton of more times, and we got to meet up in person. Um, so you can tell me my house is not haunted this time around. That's what I really want to hear you say. You know what I was getting about you? Now, this is going to sound odd because I'll bet you anything you're going to say I haven't even thought about it or anything. Have you ever considered anything like doing acting lessons? I mean, I, I'm pretty shy, so I've definitely thought about it a couple times. I'm like, maybe if I, really? maybe if I could act, I could act normal. <laughs> well, you know, the, no, don't please don't act normal. You'll never make it. <laughs> you, you can't be normal in that business. I'm, I'm convinced. But um, I just mean like be able for I, the conversation I, I, in the real world. Well, I, I was asking God about you, and I said, you know. I've predicted so many times that she's going to go somewhere, and I I don't see it. And I don't, you know, and and I was really just questioning, and and I said, please give me an answer so I can give it to her. And, Mm -hmm. you know, this is going to sound odd, but this is what he told me. Tell her to take acting lessons. She won't even have to change her name. I mean, Sophia Temporelli, that's a beautiful actress name. Or whatever it is that you're going to do. But I, I really think it's, you know, everybody looks at the future as if it's written in stone and we don't have any choices, that everything in our life is fate. And that's a lie. We do have choice. It's one of our most powerful authorities on this planet is to choose. And whether you go down one road or another makes a difference and it does change and alter the result. It really, really, we're responsible for the majority of our futures, not all of them, but the majority of them. And and I'm going to tell you something. You really should be in the limelight. People listen to this show. They love you, and they love your dad. But the thing is, is that you're meant for bigger things, but you have to pursue them. You're much too humble sometimes, and, and I think that, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's okay to be humble, but not to the point mm-hmm. of holding yourself back. And really, if you don't become what you're supposed to become, you're not really hurting yourself as much as you're hurting the people who could be experiencing what you're supposed to do. It's about touching lives. That's what it's about. So my my advice is pursue something where you have a piece of paper. You could be the most brilliant actress right now, but, you know, unless you use, unless you have some kind of credit for it. Yeah. (laughs) I I would tell you, I, I think that you have an incredible future and that it would accelerate what belongs to you. But you gotta walk toward it. And I know you didn't ask me for a reading, but that's what I say. Well, (laughs) you know how this show is. My dad normally asks everyone on the show at some point, so you actually beat him to it. Another psychic trait of yours. If he's too humble to ask. (laughs) (laughs) But but I I really do. I think that you have you have this light, 
And, uh, you know, I, I, I talk to a lot of celebrities that, that call mm-hmm. me. Once you get, you know, your ratings are so high, what have you attract me. And plus, it costs a lot of money to talk to me. <laughs> you know, it's not cheap. <laughs> and that's why I tell but you don't have to talk to me because I don't want to, you know, hurt somebody financially. But a lot of celebrities, they got the money. <laughs> so they'll call me. Mm-hmm. And they're they're asking me, and uh, I like most of them. <laughs> I can say I like most of them, but they all have this this light. There's something in common, and I can't tell you what it is, but it's embedded in their spirit where they are supposed to be in front of people, and they need the the recognition. The more recognition they have, the greater they'll become. It's like it's this uh, symbiotic uh, relationship between the audience and the person and the star. And and I do believe that you are a star. It just well, I think it's you. time for you to begin shining. Yeah, I mean, I definitely know what you mean. Just like I, like you said, I mean. You say humble. I definitely say shy. I mean, uh, it's it's you know I'm a little awkward, a little shy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank no, you. listen. You, you feel, believe it or not, I think there's a part of you that feels guilty if you really examine it, because you can become somebody. Also, you feel like you're going to leave people behind, and I think that's scary to you. But listen, it's not bad. It's good because there are so many other lives that you'll touch. And I think that if God gives you a talent and you don't use it, well, you can't be mad at God. Yeah. No, I definitely know what you mean. Like, I've been trying to be more, um, not like assertive, but, you know, just like, put myself out there and stuff because I really do love what I do, not only just in the paranormal, but, you know, just in entertainment, I love making people happy and doing stuff like that. I know when my aunt passed away, um, like my mom and my grandma and a few other people told me that I was like a light in the family. And, you know, it just, it means a lot. That's all I wanted was to make people happy. And you do, you do now. Like I said, you know, you've given so many people opportunities and a voice, and that is itself a gift to give people. You've had people on your show. I know you've had the biggest stars on your show, and you've had the the groups that nobody ever heard of before, and both were mm-hmm. treated equally. I, I, and I'm not saying that to compliment you. I'm observing it. You know, I get in trouble for being very honest <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> and by the way, I tell people that. Don't call me and do not ask me a question if you don't want to hear what I get. Also, I will tell you this. I don't know everything. I do have an extremely high accuracy, but mm-hmm. I don't know everything, and I am not God. There was one perfect man on this earth. They nailed him to a tree. It ain't me. You know, so I tell people that up front, but it's very important because you know what people get mad at me for? Not for being wrong. 
<laughs> but because I was right. Now they'll call me back, but they're mad at me. <laughs> they're mad at me. Messengers. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's, it's amazing it's, to me. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. It's like you can't. You say something that they want to hear, and then they don't want to hear it, and then you're like, I, I just want you literally me. Had, I've had people. Now, bear in mind, it's costing a lot of money to talk to me, and they're going to spend 10 minutes mm-hmm. begging me to lie, <laughs> begging me <laughs> to tell them something. They'll pay me to tell them a lie, <laughs> and, I, and I just I tell them, just, just go call Miss Cleo. You know, go, go get somebody. I cannot alter what I see. And I'm not going to tell you I'm 100%. Like I said, I'm not 100%. My accuracy is in the 90s. And, as again, it's recorded. My, my clients leave feedback. You know, it's not just you know, somebody saying, oh, my accuracy is that high. My clients are there, and I've had the same clients for over 30 years. You don't keep clients by being wrong. So, I, again, I don't want to make it sound like I'm bragging, and I want to be completely honest with, with people, but <laughs> right. you know, don't, don't ask if you don't want to hear, I guess, is what they need to know. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely like that in a lot of aspects of life because, you know, there's certain situations where someone, I wouldn't say it, like you said, I don't, I'm not as assertive, <laughs> but like someone's like, oh, does this outfit look bad on me? And they say yes, but then they're upset you said yes, and so I just say, you look fantastic. And, but then if someone else tells them that, they'll be like, why didn't you tell me? And it's like, I don't know. They're just wrong. Yeah, I, I get it. I get now. See, on my end, because I may, you know, if my mother came in and said, "Hey, that, uh, does this dress look okay?" and I thought it looked god awful, I wouldn't tell her. But if you're, if she calls me on the line at that point, she's a client. I'm obligated. It's not mm-hmm. about being nice. It's really, if you if you think about it, my job depends on my accuracy. That that's my Absolutely. measurement of success. So, you know, if it's something you don't want to hear, listen, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, uh, you know, weaken my position for what I'm paid to do. And I've been paid to do this for over, I think it's like 35 years now because I've been on this site and I started out on another site at 25 cents a minute and I'm making well beyond that now. And I don't hide that from anyone, you know. Yeah. So I, I'm very fortunate in that case, but and, and again, I get to talk to uh, high-profile people. I talk to people in our government and other governments. Some governments, I won't tell them what they're asking me, you know, because I feel mm. like it would be wrong. You know, I, I, I here I am, a humble little man in the middle of the, uh, uh, you know, Florida, out where the deer and the antelope play, and. <laughs> You know, I'm talking to someone in, in China that's asking oh. me about, about uh, you know, a policy. Uh, and it's, uh, it, sometimes it's very humbling. It's just very humbling. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I can't even imagine, you know, doing that. That's a lot on 
on your plate, you know, trying to help this many people, and then, you know, you have to deal with people that don't want the answers that you're getting. <laughs> like, am I going to marry my boyfriend? No. But why not? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Well, That's, I'm just telling you, know, you. Sometimes, too, people measure their their futures by the clock or by the calendar. Mm-hmm. Oh, if it was going to happen, it would have already happened. And and that's not the way our futures operate. We Mm -hmm. have to make some right decisions and make some correct choices and go in the right direction in order to achieve something. That, If you're really looking to speed up time, it's in our grasp a lot of time, but it's because we have to be – a lot of times you've got to be smarter than the way you feel. Mm -hmm. I've seen people who – who can't let go of something, or they want to be angry, or they want to be scared, which are the two biggest, or, or their their love for something that has passed and someone that isn't going to come to fruition uh, haunts them to such a degree that they're incapacitated. And then they want a better future, but they can't be smarter than the way they feel. They may have a right to feel what they do, and I don't tell them to stop feeling it. I'm just saying be smarter beyond it. Use your intellect, choose a right path, and you'll find what it is that you're looking for. In fact, you'll probably find more. Absolutely. I mean, it's definitely, you know, life is just its a series of, you know, calculated measures, you know, figuring out what works, what doesn't, what risks to take, what not, and trying to go based off of that. I mean, it's not an exact science, and you have to kind of measure out how to move forward in life and take a chance, because no matter how much you try and calculate possible endings, there's never going to be a right answer until you just try it. Yeah, and some people call it luck. Well, that old saying, you make your own luck, is really true. Mm-hmm. You do. And it means that if you fall a thousand times, get up a thousand and one. Mm-hmm. You know, persistence right. is, a, is an authority itself. Persistence is a power itself. Also, you know who, who really halts and stops more future than anyone else? It's not your enemies. It's the people who love you. Mm-hmm. And because that's who you're going to hear. That's who's going to impact you. Yeah. It's to say, well, you can't or you shouldn't or I think maybe it's time that you looked at this or did something else. You know, the, 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 that's where it impacts us is the people we love have more influence than any enemy we've ever owned or ever have. Absolutely. And – I mean, you give such amazing insight, but I know we're coming towards the end of the show. So for anyone in the audience who wants to directly reach out to you for a reading, can you let anyone know where they can contact you and if there's any upcoming interviews, events, or investigations you would like to mention? You know, I want to do, like I said, I'm on the clock, so to speak, as far as the rest of my life is concerned. I want to do another um, investigation. I don't know where it is yet. I know I enjoyed mm-hmm. the hell out of the Queen Mary with uh, <laughs> your mom and dad. I had such a yeah. blast. And, you know, we got to go on different parts of the ship that I guess nobody's supposed to know about, but we did. 
<laughs> and it, it was it was amazing. And I remember being you. It was the changing rooms in the uh, Queen Mary, if you remember that, John. And I oh, could green hear. Room. Yeah. Yeah, oh, the green room, I think we heard singing. I can't remember. I know I was in there with somebody, and I heard singing once. Mm-hmm. But there were a few spots on that ship where I'd say, I can feel something here, and you would tell me that's where Peter felt. Oh, yeah. And I, I remember, yeah, and I remember, I, I, I actually felt very complimented by that because I very much admire him. You know, oh, and, that was the pool changing rooms. Yeah. Yes, the pool changing room. That's where it was. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you remember that or not. It was a long time ago, but yeah. I remember saying, well, you oh, were feeling something. You go, yeah, that's right where Peter was on video, like in that same section, putting his hands out, and he's asking the camera crew and things, here, feel it right here, and they're putting their hands out and things, and it was right where you were. Yeah. And I, I promise you, I had no idea that that had occurred before then, and, but you told me in, in real time because I had my hand in the air going, I can feel it. It's here. It's right here. And you said that's exactly where Peter said. Yep. And I remember feeling that. And I, Peter was so impressive because no matter what you think about psychics, and I get that people, you know, I'm not looking for converts. <laughs> In in this field or with me, uh, my clients judge me, and that's really all that I care about. But Peter literally got a spirit to speak audibly, multiple times, yeah. intelligently, and made yeah, and we heard her in distinct. groups, and yeah, and since his passing, we've heard her too. Yeah, yeah, she she since Peter got her. To break that barrier, because I, I, I kind of felt like she held back or was held back, but she learned by trusting Peter and Jackie is who I'm talking about. I guess I should tell the audience in the pool room mm-hmm. of the Queen Mary. She trusted Peter enough to break that that barrier, her fear. I mean, isn't it amazing that that human spirits still have an emotional structure? You know, we also, well, that's an angry ghost. Well, that means you've retained anger. It means you still have a sense of humor. It means you still have fear. You have the human emotional structure that followed you into a spiritual form. I mean, that's right. something we can derive. And trust and breaking that fear has caused an incredible evidence that is still perpetuating to this day. I don't know if they'll let anybody in that pool room anymore, but I guarantee you that it's not impossible that if you go in there and invoke Jackie, she'll talk. You'll hear her. And it is not an uh, EMP where it's you know below 30 megahertz and you got to play it back on a device. No, you'll hear it with your audible ear. That's amazing. As far as where people can get to me, and I, boy, I went around my thumb to find me. The uh, it's the website, but I don't want to drive a lot of people there. Like I said, I've got clients um, globally, mm-hmm. and you know there's. 
I just have so many. I could log on right now, and I'll just have people waiting in line. And I don't want to cheat anybody who's, you know, have them wait in line to talk with me. So I, I don't give that yeah. out a lot. That's not really what's important to me. What's important to me is that um, we we acknowledge we're more than some of our parts, that we understand we have something to do, all of us, and we may never know what it was. Right. Be aware Absolutely. of that. Absolutely. Well, I definitely think you're worth the line. Um, I know the show will have a hard close, though. Um, so maybe we can talk on the phone later, Rod, um, off air. But thank you so much yeah. again for coming on today. It was amazing hearing your stories. And, um, yeah, we'll have to have you back on soon. Oh, Thanks, listen, thank you so much. It meant so much to me, you guys. Thank you for this opportunity. Wow. I love you guys. Be well. Thanks, Rod. Love you too, Rod. Likewise. Bye. Fantastic show today, Sophia. Definitely. Rod is always such a great guest. I want to thank you all for listening. This show definitely not be possible without all of you, and I will talk to you guys again next week. Bye. And unfortunately, we just have an 845 number call in, and we will have Rod back on the show for you. It's the Ghost Host Show with Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. Again, for Radio Rod Shelton, keen.com forward slash the Rodman 35. That's keen.com forward slash the Rodman 35. And coming up, we have Travel Channel, Discovery Plus, uh, Michigan Hell House, Shock Doc, host and medium Cindy Kaza on the 25th of the month. So, uh, like the ghost host, to uh, learn of guests as we learn of them real time, and we'll see you then. Hi, this is Debbie from Sion Ghost Adventures. You're listening to The Ghost Host with your host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com. God bless you all. Thank you for joining us on History FM Radio on LiveParanormal.com and History.fm. From paranormal to the unexplained history, it all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in live interactive chat 24-7 with our radio show hosts and other like-minded people on www.liveparanormal.com. The only interactive social chat room supported by full interactive media. Stop by now and join in on the fun.